Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast where we interview people how to make money while traveling the world. Uh, so currently, I'm over here in French Guiana. My co-host is actually in Croatia, and our friends, the Sensible Nomads, are back in Vancouver. Uh, so we're all from Canada, uh, but we, we spread it across the world while we work online. And uh, on these episodes, we interview people about the different travel stories. Um, um, uh, we, we interview families such as myself, we interview couples such as the Sensible Nomads, and we interview uh, empty nests such as Scott. And uh, we're going to be learning a little bit about how to become a Sensible Nomad, uh, just like Ken and Merbley have done. Uh, so Ken, uh, Merbley, tell us a little bit of your backstory uh, for the sake of uh, um, our listeners so they can get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, so uh, my backstory, basically, I went to school for uh, engineering and decided that wasn't the thing for me. So I went actually into medicine afterwards and kind of the same thing. I went through that and and I uh, didn't really like it as much as I thought I would. Um, so I went back into the construction field and uh, was basically, I still like the idea of being in construction. So I took a little bit of the engineering background that I had and went into project management. And that's kind of where things are still at right now. I do work for, for a company here in Vancouver as project manager, and uh, which is very flexible for me. So thankfully, that gives us a lot of time that we can go do what we want to do. And my background is I uh, business, uh, graduated business info ma management, and then working for a company uh, before it's kind of not my thing. And uh, I switch since I love traveling, and Vancouver gives me only two weeks of vacation, paid vacation. So I changed career and then opened my own uh, school. It's a Montessori preschool, and give me like three months of off from work, and that's amazing to start for traveling. So it's kind of flexible uh, on my side too. Yeah, so it really gives us the opportunity for both of us that uh, because she owns her own company, uh, we can, you know, get a substitute teacher, you know, take some time off and off we go and we can go check out some some areas that we want to see and, and go have some fun. Well, tell us a little bit about your digital nomad journey so far. So far, the digital nomad journey, basically, I guess it was back when Ricky and I had met probably four or five years ago that um, I really got into into the online marketing and, and some of the groups that are local to Vancouver um, really intrigued me on how to travel around the world or, or not necessarily just be in one location to be able to generate some income. So uh, back in those days, we were looking at different online strategies and stuff like that. Uh, there's a few guys who are out there doing eBooks and stuff like that that we were learning from. And uh, that's kind of where it started for me. And, you know, since then we've been, I've been implementing different, um, different versions of, of what I've learned and just trying to make it all work. So it's been, it's been a journey for sure. It's not, not everything's worked perfectly and, you know, we're still, we're still at it. Trying to make uh, trying to make things work. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself as a couple, because uh, obviously as a couple, you guys have different uh, needs and wants and desires. Uh, is one of you more digitally nomad inclined, or are you both uh, world uh, globetrotters? Tell us a little bit about uh, your uh, similarities, but also your differences and how it all aligns to make it work. 
No, I think um, probably I'm more I'm more on the digital side than Merville is. Uh, but we both got a lot of travel background, so she's traveled probably quite a bit more than me. And uh, what do you say? Yeah, um, for me, it's like uh, I just don't like. Uh, I prefer the the old school documentation than Ken. I will always bring my notebooks and then write things. But now he get me into Instagram, which is like every day I'm trying to post all my stuff that I have traveled before. And then I'm kind of like, I want my own picture that I took to, to, to put in our website. Yeah, so we kind of combine, combine forces and, and uh, try to make it all happen. Cool, so what's your next adventure? Hmm. We went to, uh, we had the intent to go to Bali this year and we had a little mishap. So uh, we actually got some free tickets from uh, Philippine Airlines. So we are pondering. Oh, wait, wait, you can't just say you got free tickets from Philippine Airlines and leave yes, it at that. Everybody wants to know, like, how did you, can I get them? How did you get, do I have to marry a beautiful Filipino woman? Or like, how does this work? Yeah, well, you know what happened is we went. We were planning to go to Philippines, and we bought our tickets. Um, so we flew from Vancouver to Manila, and we were just about to board onto the plane to go to Bali from Manila. And they took a look at uh, her passport, actually, and it was it didn't have enough time on it for the expiration. So they said, "No, you can't go." But you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, they should have actually checked that here in Vancouver. There's like three or four checks before we even got onto that plane to get there. So I sent them an email once we got back. There's a few other things that happened while we were there as well in Manila. She ended up getting sick, so we stayed in Manila for a while. Um, but and we end up traveling, actually. That's true. Yeah, we did end up traveling a little bit while we were in Manila anyway. But once we got back, I sent uh, Philippine Airlines a great big long uh, email about what happened. And they ended up contacting us finally. And the the manager here in Vancouver decided that they were going to give us a business class ticket for two anywhere Philippine Airlines flies. So you know it wasn't it wasn't an ideal um, trip for us, but it ended up being a nice trip in the end that we're going to get something else and be able to travel one more time. Wonderful in business class. And so, I think, but I think you know you've you've brought up a really good point in that. Uh, particularly when there's a couple airlines in the last couple of months that have been very, have very poor customer service, shall we say, to be polite, um, yeah. you know, beating up their passengers. But yeah. uh, I think a lot of times when we have an experience, there's two things we don't do. One is we don't write them an email and say, wow, that was really a phenomenal experience. I want to tell you, you know, Captain, whoever he was, was a great pilot, blah, blah, blah. And That's the other right. one is, is when we have a bad experience, we don't say, you know what, this was a really bad experience, here's all the details, and, uh, which gives them the opportunity to, first of all, make it good, fix it for you, and, but also to go back to their staff or their system and look at it and, and improve. So I think that you know, what you just talked about was a really important part of traveling because otherwise everything just spirals downward. Yeah, absolutely. And while we were in Manila, when when this happened, they actually they were a little bit confused of what to do with us. So they had given us a free hotel for the night, and mm -hmm. yeah, free breakfast, lunch, dinner, 
for the following day just to kind of sort out what we needed to do to get back in line. And what our original plan was is try to get to uh, either Canadian consulate or Filipino consulate there and uh, try and try and get the passport extended. But that just wasn't going to happen. Everybody wanted almost a month for either one of them. So they, they, they helped us out with that, which they really didn't have to. So it was a pretty nice little little a little boost up for us. So speaking of our next destination, so we kind of thinking where the Philippine Airlines fly like the farthest. So <laughs> we're thinking about Australia probably or New Zealand um, coming up the end uh, before the end of this year. So that's nice. Uh, yeah, since it's business class, we might as well take the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you've got if you've got first class or business class, go as far as you can yes, because that's right. there's nothing <laughs> exactly. like 24 hours in a plane in the back seat in the corner, cramped with all scrunched up, 300 pound guy sitting beside you. Yeah, well, and, uh, the thing is with Philippine Airlines is like I usually fly uh, to the Philippines three times a year, and then if you have a loyalty, uh, uh, you're loyal to them, and then um, and then you have miles with the Philippine Airlines. Uh, and the flight you usually book, and they fly to Vancouver three times a week, and um, and then they fly to New York and via uh, via uh, Vancouver and Toronto. So if you are flat, you're a flat frequent flyer, you always bump to business class. So I like oh. always a treat. Mm. Like I never um, I buy like the 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 glitches. Like you have to go like the high peak season and if you're a frequent flyer you always bump up to business class yeah philippine airlines has a really good um air miles program that's called mabuha miles and it seems to be really well i mean you get a lot of free flights a lot of free upgrades and we also use um visa. our visa has uh points to it also yeah. well, that's another good way to get Maybe not free, but certainly discounted uh, airline flights and hotels and whatever else, car rentals. Yeah. So we've got a few few extra little strategies in there when we're traveling uh, to help right. us out, to help, to help us get a little bit more bang for the buck. And that's, that's as I think, a traveler or nomads, uh, especially on the digital side, you really need to find better ways to be able to travel more for less. Right. So do you find, how do you deal with cultural differences or, uh, you know, when you're going to different places, uh, have you had any issues or any problems or any stories? Never any issues, never any problems kind of thing, but it's always, you know, like for me specifically, the cultural side of things, that's, the, that's probably the funnest part of it, the whole, the whole travel and being able to see somebody else's life and somebody else's in their world. Right. So. That to me is a key too. How, how about cultural differences between you? Because you're a Canadian background and uh, Mervili is actually Filipino. What about that cultural uh, difference? Um, it doesn't really affect us. Um, I, I found that he's more Filipino than I do. <laughs> he loves my uh, he loves Filipino food and I uh, that um, he loves his rice and then like for me like I don't really eat that much rice anymore and then. Uh, <laughs> He loves his dried fish, and then so it's like kind of like he's into it. Then 
than I am, and then then yeah, like make it work. You, you know, and I think that's work. that's the thing. We just we make we make it work, and and for me, I like to explore new foods, new new places, and stuff like that. So I've never been afraid to try something new. Almost. And I don't have any problems with him. Like for me, I get adapted so well wherever I go. So I never have any problems with Ken. Like when we go any, like somewhere in Asia, we went to Vietnam and we never have any like problems, like in terms of cultural differences. Yeah, it works so well. Yeah. It's all in your mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely all in their mindset and adapting and uh, travel will teach you to be flexible and adaptable. Um, yeah. You've done a lot of RV travel, so uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what kind of RV you have uh, in terms of like uh, people who are maybe wanting to do some RV travel across Canada and the US. Uh, mm -hmm. How did you choose that particular RV and then where have you traveled to uh, in, in that motorhome? Yeah, so we, we've got a, um, a truck camper. Um, I've grown up camping in this fashion so for me it's it's no big deal but for her a little bit different story um and as far as the mobility of it it actually works out really well because it's just like driving your vehicle anywhere you would naturally drive anyway uh except now you've got some place to sleep on the back of it and so for us we've traveled actually we like to go up to um up to sunshine coast around here so we're there quite often but uh, just this past week, we were down and we went through Washington, then to Idaho, then to Montana, then back through, back through Idaho and then into Oregon and, and back to Vancouver so she could do some parent-teacher interviews and stuff like that. So it's been, a, it's been a busy, it was a busy journey through those different states and uh, got to try out a few, few odds and ends for new technology as well. We wanted to get uh, online while we were down there. And the cost for us up here, if you have um, just your regular phone plan in Canada to go down to the United States, it's crazy. It's the expensive, most expensive, I think, phone plans that they've created. They really ding us here. So uh, a few people I've talked to have tried these little uh, hotspots down there. So we've got a couple of different hotspots that we tried down there. Both seem to be okay. But uh, yeah, so that's that's we've traveled all, all the way from here down to California and back. and yeah like uh with with uh with rv uh last last year summer we went to, up to jasper um no uh, actually no we're, we're rocky mountains yeah. yeah 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 we went to lake louise and, lake louise. and over to calgary and basically anywhere we can go we we will go and since we have uh, that festival every weekend we always go somewhere <laughs> How, how did you put? Uh, uh, how did you uh, make the final decision to get the camper, uh, the truck camper, as opposed to uh, maybe uh, give us a quick one-on-one -on, -one on the different types of RVs available and why you chose a particular one you did? Sure. Yeah. Um, a truck camper is just—it's. I have a truck already, so for me, it's just easy to put that in the truck and and go. Uh, bigger, so it gives you a lot more space. Same thing, but you're also limited to where you can take it then. So basically go absolutely anywhere if there's uh, some lake up in the middle of nowhere that's where we can go with a bigger trailer or a bigger unit you can only you're limited by the by the terrain and by the actual space that you can get into so and then same with same with a big motorhome or like class a b or c um which actually we're looking at for in the next in the next year or two 
getting a class A, which is kind of the big motorhomes for full-time travel. So it, I think it really depends on what you're looking for and what your needs are. If you're more like a week or less or, you know, around the week mark, I think uh, a camper, like a trailer or something like that, smaller units are, are fine for that. But if you're going for the, the big stuff or the lifestyle of living in it, you'll need something bigger. You'll need a class A or B at least, which looks like the big buses. <laughs> And they're really nice, you know. A lot of those big, those big uh, Class A motorhomes, they have absolutely everything that you would have in your house, including dishwashers and, you know, washer dryers, microwaves, the whole shebang. So, and they're they're really really nice inside. So that's what we're that's what we're looking forward to is getting into one of those guys. Sounds, uh, Sounds like luxury, luxury and and, and, uh, a, and lot uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, luxury on wheels. But for me, I still. Prefer the comfort, then you can put your boat in the yeah, like you have your boat trailer like like um, behind it, and then it's like easier for us, cheaper to travel because we usually go up islands and go crabbing. I still love the ocean, so um, oh, nice. That's uh, that's that's the thing. Like I prefer to have the comfort than the big <laughs> trailer. <laughs> and the the smaller it is, the coastier it's it it is for us because you always like you like we have a 10 bedroom house so it's kind of so big for me and putting us together in a small conference like oh i like it it's like we're close together you work there and i can see you while i'm 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 in the in the bed so and then i can cook while you're working so everything is the same thing rather than like being in a big big trailer so i prefer like i think comfort is still uh, best for me because i like to be cozy and then close to you <laughs> Huh. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you've already made your digital nomad dreams come true by having this brick and mortar business back in Vancouver, the Montessori School, which will uh, generate income if you uh, have like a, a, someone managing you while you're traveling. Plus, uh, Ken does a lot of income generation online. Uh, what would you advise people who are thinking of this digital nomad lifestyle, maybe the RV lifestyle, but they don't know where to start? Any tips, advice, uh, recommendations? I guess it really depends what your background is. I mean, in her case, you know, it's a big deal for her to be able to leave. So you're trusting someone else to run your business and you're trusting someone else to, to in her case, teach the way she teaches and have, have that sort of those steps followed correctly. So that when she comes back or, or you know, if she's gone for a certain duration of time that she's coming back into something that's already existing and done in the way that she likes it. Uh, for me, I guess I would say that, um, you know, just start, just get going on whatever it is. You know, there's so many, there's so many different people that are out there with so much different knowledge on online business. There's no reason why you can't start somewhere and get somebody to give you a hand to get going with it. And I think that's just the bottom line is just get started, just start something. Totally agree with you. That's great advice. Yeah. So I want to thank you both for joining us. Really appreciate having you on the show. It's been exciting. And um, yeah, I was just thinking it would be really, really cool to, to uh, do a show with you when you're on the road in your RV camped in front of Lake Louise or something. Yeah, yeah. well, actually, that, that was the plan. If we would have done this a couple of days ago, you would have got us exactly. We would have been down in uh, and or the, Oregon probably. And the best thing, the, uh, best, uh, thing that happened, like it's like, 
I never really thought about camping before because we never have this in the Philippines. Is like waking up in uh, we arrive in Moraine Lake because the the thing is that's I think is the best uh, place that I really want to go when I, I when we're up there. So I said like, what if we camp just in the parking lot of Moraine Lake? So the moment you wake up, you're you're in this beauty of nature that you don't even see the night. Like it's like a surprise for you when you wake up, and then. And then before the tourist buses, big tourist buses arrive, you already take your pictures and nobody's there. So it's kind of like, I think it's the best way to travel. <laughs> yeah, I love beating the crowds. It's great. Exactly. Yeah, and then like uh, this weekend, uh, I told him we park around one o'clock in the morning because he cannot drive anymore. And I told him like, what is this blinking? Are we in the middle of the airport? Like, are we close to the airport? Like, there's like red lights blinking all over the place. And I said, I don't think so. So, the moment we wake up, it's like we're in the middle of like, like us. Um, they, ca they call it Windmill, Windmill City. Yeah, Windmill Central of um, Washington. And we're surrounded by windmills. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it's, it's for you, it's for me, it's like always a surprise. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. Uh, to, so to end off, uh, maybe you can share a little bit about how we can find you online. Tell, tell us about the Sensible Nomads. Uh, we didn't really get into that much, but if you want to uh, share a little bit about that uh, part of your business uh, to wrap up. Yeah, sure. Sensible Nomads is uh, obviously us. It's um, our sort of documentation of where we've been and where we're going. And um, so far, it's been a lot of fun. There's We've got... Um, the Instagram channel, the Facebook page, and uh, Twitter. yeah, Twitter. And so you can reach us info at sensiblenomads.com. And then I've got my other business, which is my online marketing, which is uh, web design and digital marketing, uh, mediacreators.com or info at mediacreators spelled M E D I A K R E A T E R S. Um, and that's where I do a lot of my online work from. Awesome. So uh, make sure you connect with these guys, especially if you need uh, things like uh, branding, web design, graphic design. Uh, if you need social media support, uh, digital marketing support, uh, definitely connect with Ken. Uh, um, and uh, make sure you follow their uh, digital nomad journey on the sensiblenomads.com. And uh, if you have any uh, questions, uh, make sure you reach out to them. Uh, as you can tell, they're very eager and keen to help out, give back, and support. Uh, so thanks, everyone, for tuning in to the Digital Nomad uh, Mastery Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Make sure you leave us a rating and review. That helps us uh, to jump up the ranks. And make sure you share the podcast uh, with the world because there are a lot of people who would love to travel, but for some reason they don't. And uh, with these interviews where we're basically uh, providing mentorship, uh, support, advice, tips, recommendations, stories, and in insights of other people who are living the dream, uh, and you can too. So thanks, everyone, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks, Vicky. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.